Good morning. I'm pausing like I'm going to hear you say it back, but uh, I hope you're saying it back to us. Good morning, Victory Church family and friends. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we rejoice, and we are glad in it. My name is Paul, and I am privileged to serve, honored to serve as pastor of Victory Church of Charlottesville, where we exist to see people reconcile to God and to each other. So thank you for tuning in this morning and making us your church home for a few moments. A few moments. Uh, yes, you're seeing right. We are at Walker Upper Elementary School in their auditorium. That's where we are. Remember this place? <laughs> we gather here for worship. We, we, we uh, sat next to somebody without a mask on. We even greeted our neighbor. Um, some of y'all don't miss that. I get it. <laughs> but we greeted our neighbor after service. We would fellowship with each other. We would partake in what hospitality presented so well for us by way of refreshments. We watched the kids come and with excitement show their parents what they learned and maybe a craft that they had made. God's been good. And he sustained us. He continues to sustain us and not just maintain and sustain, but he has allowed us to even move forward in this very surreal time and space. And for that, we are grateful. We will continue our online presence, um, and we will prayerfully be pondering what safe in-person gatherings we can curate um, throughout this summer. And so this is a small group of us this morning who have decided, um, all vaccinated, that we would come together, the small number, to worship, fellowship, and ponder prayerfully what might it look like for us to do so safely, whether in an in-service capacity or maybe in fellowship otherwise. Um, thank you to the worship team again. Thank you to the leaders who are here, AV, setup team, again, the few of us, uh, all of whom are vaccinated and here to lift up the name of Jesus. Um, some of you know, some of you may not, that uh, some of you may know that today is my last sermon, I'm going to say in this season, uh, at Victory. And so um, a myriad of emotions, as you might imagine or not, uh, <clears throat> but I'm not up here to cry all morning. I'm up here on assignment to bring encouragement from the scripture, and we're going to do that. But I did want to publicly with this platform say thank you, Lord, first and foremost, for the people that you have called to Victory and I want to name Troy Savage this morning, who will be serving as interim pastor beginning on July 1. Uh, his wonderful bride, Chantel, who you saw up here leading worship, their daughter, Emmanuel. I'm mentioning all of them for your prayers for them. Um, Troy will not be a candidate for the permanent role, but has committed to serving in this very unique space, uh, this interim capacity to see things Maintain, sustain, push forward, and ensuring a seamless transition to um, your next senior pastor. And we've been meeting weekly already, and it's been uh, full of grace and hope um, and increased confidence as we move forward in this process. So again, my assignment this morning is to briefly bring some encouragement from Scripture, and so why don't we get on to that. Turn with me, if you will, to the book of Acts book of Acts. We're going to be looking at 
chapter 20, verses 22 through 24. Um, Some of the best advice I've been given uh, over the years now as it relates to this moment, and we're going to pray in a moment, I'm just giving you a chance to find a scripture, uh, was was not to make your uh, sermon prep your devotional time. I'm letting some stuff out now in the bag. So if you're considering ministry and going into leadership, um, keep that in mind. Sermon prep should never be your devotional. Sermons ought to come out of your devotional time. Why am I mentioning that? Because I'm thinking again to how blessed we are with the worship team, the rehearsals we don't see in groups, the private rehearsals we don't see, and more importantly, or just as importantly, the quiet time with Jesus Christ, out of which such worship can flow and we could be led well into the presence of the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, worship team. Acts chapter 20, verses 22 through 24. You have found it, I'm sure, by now, and let's pray. God, thank you for being our life. Thank you for the word of God and the opportunity this morning to study the word together. And I pray according to your word, Psalm 119 and 18 says, to open our eyes, Lord, please, so that we can see all of the wonderful things in your law. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Acts chapter 20, verses 22 through 24. Uh, We'll be reading from the NIV, and it reads this way. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem. Not knowing what will happen to me there, I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Title of the message this morning is And Now. And Now. Uh, Growing up as a, a teenager in the 90s, Um, New York. There's a distinct sound that I can remember from a gentleman. His name is Ray Clay. He was the announcer for the Chicago Bulls. Anybody familiar with that? Uh, He would he would he would announce the opposing team first, and then he transitioned to announcing the the home team. and And I couldn't do it justice, so I'm going to try, and we're going to see if this sound comes through the way I want it to. If not, then you will deal with. Oh, here it is. Can you hear that? Y'all remember that? So you hear this? And then there are two words that come next. It's coming. And now, he would say, and by then the crowd is going crazy, the arena is live, and he would go on to introduce the starting lineup of as he called it, uh, the world champion Chicago Bulls. The, the energy, the energy, even through the TV, was palpable. Right? By the time they even got to 6-6 guard from North Carolina, you couldn't hear anything. Right? It was this, this, this incredible thrill and excitement, and it was such that you almost felt like the game was over before it already began. There was that much hype. There was no worry in the building. And why? Just from the introduction of who the lineup would be and who would be going to work. 
You didn't think I'd get up here one more time and not mention the greatest of all time in basketball, so let's put that to rest. Yeah. <laughs> oh, had to slip that in. But just an introduction of a lineup. And sometimes we, in our life, in our transitions, if you will, we can find ourselves saying with not the Ray Clay confidence, what now? Versus, I won't try like he does it, and now, trusting in the starting lineup that is always present for us, that being the Holy Spirit. And so this morning, I want to kind of take an unfamiliar route with what is perhaps a familiar passage to some of you by focusing on these two points. One, be a captive audience of the Holy Spirit. And two, keep the main thing, the main thing. The Gospel of Luke, for some background, it's the book right before Acts, and it speaks to Jesus' life and what uh, he began to do through his life, his death, and his resurrection. The book of Acts, which follows, both of which were written by Luke, um, kind of continues that conversation and what Jesus was doing as resurrected king and as head of the church through the Holy Spirit. And so the book of Acts talks and tells of the story of the empowerment and the guidance by the Holy Spirit for the believers in Christ to spread the word of God throughout the land, to the ends of the earth, which in that case were the, throughout the Mediterranean region. And at the end of the 19th chapter, leading into the 20th chapter that we're focusing on, we see some unrest we see some uproar. Some versions call it a riot because Apostle Paul and his team, they were working as unto the Lord and the Lord was doing a work in and through them such that it was spreading. So some folks got mad, particularly those who were making man-made uh, images, small g gods, and they were trading them, making a lot of money off of them. A lot of the community was worshiping the the, the shrine goddess of Artemis. And so there were folks not happy because this, 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 this spreading of the gospel was messing up with business. So they got really upset, really angry, even kidnapped some of Paul's companions. A crowd formed. Paul, of course, being who he was, said, well, I'm going to go before this crowd. His friend said, please don't. <laughs> please chill out for a little bit. And so uh, it seems as though he did. Those gaps aren't necessarily filled in in Scripture. But it does say he waited until the uproar had died down. And that's where we pick up at the beginning of chapter 20, where it says Paul then encouraged his disciples, and then he started to move on to Macedonia. From Macedonia to Greece, he ends up going back to Macedonia because he experienced some plots against him in Greece, and, and then on from there to some other places, including Troas, where there was a young man that Paul was used by God to bring back to life, and on to even some other places with the urgency to get back to Jerusalem. And in his hurry to get back to Jerusalem, he passes up Ephesus. But he says, wait a minute, I, I love those folks. Let me call. I got to see them before I go. So he calls for the elders of Ephesus so that he could say a proper goodbye. And while on the surface it might seem like, if you look around verse 18 or so, that Paul is kind of running through his resume, right? I did this and such and such. It might seem that way at first glance. I want to suggest this morning that it's not just about his 
being a central character in the church at that time, if you will, as much as it is about the community that he's leaving behind, even though his character is leaving the scene, there's a main character whose presence is very much still there. That main character, of course, being Jesus. Paul says in verse 22, and now, compelled by the Spirit. I want to put a pin right there and highlight our first point. Be a captive audience of the Holy Spirit. Paul said, and now, compelled by the Holy Spirit. The New Revised Standard Version says, and now, as a captive of the Holy Spirit. The English Standard Version says, and now, constrained by the Holy Spirit. The King James Version says, and now, behold, I am bound in the Spirit. In short, Paul is saying the same Holy Spirit that you saw raise that boy a few verses ago in Troas, the same Holy Spirit that you saw people receive when we laid hands on them in Ephesus, the same Holy Spirit at work then is the same Holy Spirit at work right now. And now, compelled by the Holy Spirit. And what strikes me about this, one of many things that strikes me about this particular phrase Paul use is that I imagine that there were likely a number of reasons to which he could have pointed that many would have said, okay, (laughs) I get it. But he didn't do that. He didn't say, hey, you know, they tried to kill me. He didn't say, you know, they plotted against me. You know, they kidnapped my partners. He said, no, and now compelled By the Holy Spirit. Certainly circumstance was part of the equation, I imagine, on some level. But what ultimately was driving him, and now he's reminding them, I believe, and implying to them what ought to drive you is not circumstance, but rather, ultimately, the Holy Spirit. And now, being compelled by the Holy Spirit. In other words, in case you forgot, elders, the starting lineup has been, is, and always will be the Holy Spirit. Doesn't mean the opponent isn't there. Ray Clay announced them too. They're there. Just means the fight is still fixed. That hasn't changed. So please, Paul is implying, be a captive audience of the Holy Spirit. I beg you. And even as I now in this moment beg you, Victory Church, be a captive audience of the Holy Spirit. Now I know if you're like me and 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 I know many of you are in this way. You got your HBO Max, which we just got with our new AT&T contract, so we're in trouble. Uh, it's included. But you got your Netflix. You got your binges. Anybody binge? Hmm, you don't have to admit it. I do. Um, <clears throat> especially during this pandemic. I know you have that. I know there's, there's green leaf. <laughs> Holy Spirit is better than green leaf. The Holy Spirit is better than what else y'all got? There's a few folks here. They may not want to admit that they watch Netflix. All-American, way better than All-American. For one, it doesn't take a, a whole month to come out with the next episode, if any of y'all are watching All-American. you got to wait like 30 days. It's coming. Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso, better than Ted Lasso. I won't say who said it on camera. Uh, <laughs> nothing wrong with it. Shit's Creek, better than Shit's Creek. The storyline of the Holy Spirit dwarfs all of those. 
The writing is impeccable, if you will, right? There's always, there's a twist that beats any of the twists that you might find. But here's the cool thing. You don't have to cringe. You don't have to have, have, have any sort of being on the edge of your seat because already, he's already told you how the story's going to end. Watch all you want, but be a captive audience to the Holy Spirit. Paul says, and now I am compelled by the Holy Spirit. Point two, keep the main thing, the main thing. Before Stephen Covey said it, (laughs) Apostle Paul preached it. And even before Paul, the psalmist said it in one of my favorite verses in Scripture, Psalm 27, 4, it says there's one thing that I desire, that will I seek after, to dwell in the house or the presence of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Keep the main thing the main thing. My only aim, the Apostle Paul says in verse 24, is to finish the race, to complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace, or as the message version puts it, Letting everyone I know know about this incredibly extravagant (laughs) generosity of God. Might you have some adjustments along the way? Probably. Paul did. Several. But never did circumstance alone dictate it. Be compelled by the Holy Spirit to make those adjustments, even when you may not fully understand it. And know that your adjustment does not affect the main thing. You're still called to present, as Romans 12 says, your body as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable act of service. And no doubt this pandemic has brought with it a number of adjustments for so many of us in so many different ways. But the main thing has never changed. God, help us to testify to the goodness of who you are, to the gospel of your grace. Help us to make you recognizable, whether we're online or we're in person with a few people or 150 people, whether our kids are falling behind in school because it's online, staying on grade level, maybe even getting ahead. Whether you're promoted in this season or demoted in this season, whether you go in for work or you work remotely or you don't work at all because you lost your job, maybe you've lost a lot of friends due to COVID, and I know many of us, including myself, have. Whatever the circumstances, if you can't bring somebody in to the surgical room with you because of circumstance, whatever adjustments you have had to and will have to make, God, help us to see you. Help us to see you and help us to be the kind of image bearers such that others can see you in us. And now, as I close, Apostle Paul goes on to tell them a little bit later in the chapter around verse 29, look, just like I know I'm going into some more hardship, some more trouble, you will too. Savage wolves, he calls them. He says they're not going to spare the flock. In fact, some of them might come from right within. So be on guard, be watchful, be mindful, shepherd well, care well for one another. Don't find yourself saying, what now? Find yourself saying, and now. (laughs) Compelled by the Holy Spirit, we're going forward. The starting lineup has not changed. Has not changed. 
And in verse 32, it says, Now I commit you to my God and to the word of God's grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. And there Paul is affirming that the, the, the powerful word that has conquered the world that's referenced in Acts 19, verse 20, that's going to sustain the community that God's word created. And if I may, as I really close, um, it has been, uh, it's been the honor of my life to steward this vision um, that God established at Victory Church. And while I've learned a lot from conversations with pastors over the years, um, I mean, over the years, years, since I was like five, literally, um, but certainly over these years, I've learned a lot. It seems to be that all of the pastors I engaged with had the reminder of, Paul, we're all just interim pastors. We all leave. I felt like every conversation, every now that I'm reflecting, every, every group sort of setting, hey, lead like you're leaving. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> while I'm grateful and while it has informed leadership development here, Lord knows I never thought <laughs> in reality that would be. And now. But what's not lost on me is that the Apostle Paul in this text, he had some folks to send for. He had some folks to commit to God, some folks to charge, some folks in whom he could be confident that they would be compelled by the Holy Spirit to move forward even as he moved on. He had a choice savage, I imagine who we've named interim pastor here at Victory. He had a team of folks who are already appropriately captives of the Holy Spirit, such that this wouldn't be new. <laughs> a new charge, if you will. New dynamic, yes, but not a new charge. And would continue to be compelled by the Spirit to keep the main thing the main thing. And so I, too, am confident in you, Victory Church, And more importantly, confident in the starting lineup <laughs> that we have at our disposal. Certainly going before us, the Harris family, on to State College for whatever hardships await us there. In academia, we often say, you leave one headache to go to another, right? And I don't need academia to tell me that. Scripture tells us. Uh, whatever awaits us there, our starting lineup's already gone ahead. And similarly, here in Charlottesville. The Holy Spirit has already gone ahead. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the end now we can have in our spirit. The compelling by your Holy Spirit to move forward, to adjust, to transition well in such a way that even more than Ray Clay's voice, we hear yours saying the fight is still fixed. I'm here. The Holy Spirit is here. And if you're sitting here today or perhaps you're tuned in today and you're saying, you know, in my life, circumstance has always dictated my next move. 
in my life, I don't know what it looks like to, to trust in the Lord for, for, for that next step, to have peace and refuge, as Psalm 91 says, to, to dwell in that secret place. I don't know what that looks like, but I'd like to. Or maybe you're saying, I made a decision at one point to put my trust in him, but Lord knows my flesh has led me a lot in recent years. Circumstance has dictated a lot in recent years. More than just information, it has led me. If you fall in either one of those two camps, today is a good time to offer your life to Jesus for the first time, back to Jesus if rededicating. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10 says that we can confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts that God raised Jesus from the dead. When we do so, we're saved. Saved from the penalty of sin and with God's help, we can be saved from the power of sin here on earth until we are saved from the presence of sin. And if you've made that decision, let us know. Drop it in the, the, the chat mechanism that's there. Let us know so we can praise God with you and as appropriate, connect with you to help you with next steps. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Love y'all family. Let's continue to live in victory.